You watch anything? Anything fun? Yeah, I've only been watching exclusively big cat films. So, <laughs> <laughs> in preparation, because I didn't just want to go into like something yeah. called Tiger King. He's like the king of all tigers, so I have to start slow. Mm-hmm. So, Life of Pi, <laughs> Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. <laughs> what the fucking other cat? Garfield. <laughs> you are listening to Snubbed. Welcome back to the pod. Uh, this is the fifth episode now. Episode five. We don't really have a title for it yet. We don't have a title for it yet. You'll see the title. You read it. Yeah. But breakdown for this episode. Talking about Tiger King. The new Netflix documentary, docuseries, seven episodes, or is it eight episodes? Yeah, I think it's eight. Okay, cool. No, no, it's seven. It's seven. seven episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Absolutely wild ride. Like that the we tigers. Were... <laughs> you don't ride tigers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, some quick Corona updates. Um, we also want to talk about Netflix's involvement with the distribution and what that means for future movies. And why we think the Tiger King is so popular. Stop reading now. from the Google Doc. That's I'm not, horrible. I'm looking at you in the eyes. Horrible presentation. It's not, I'm looking in the eyes. All right, jump into it, Franklin. You got some right. interesting news for us this week, a couple different things. Yeah. So we're only doing good news on this podcast about Corona. So top good news. Um, Harvey Weinstein has coronavirus. <laughs> I- idiot. <laughs> idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you get coronavirus in prison, dude? <laughs> like, who are you talking to? Who are you in contact with that, like, gets you corona? Do you think someone coughed on his food? <laughs> I hope so. That'd be so funny. Yeah, it's uh, like Jerry Epstein, except like <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I hope he sees this, bro. <laughs> uh, Timestamp. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right, so Harvey Weinstein has coronavirus. If you didn't know, he got sentenced to like I think twenty three years or something. Is it twenty three years? Yeah. That's a life sentence, bro. For him? When you have yeah. corona? <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and you're his age? And now he has corona. And he's on a walker? Oh. He's in rough shape. No, I think he's just doing, he's playing that up. Oh, like he's playing rough up for shape the courts? Thing? Yeah. To like get a lesser trial. He's like, oh, I can't even walk. How can I rape? And then he's just like. He's British now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm also sophisticated. Yeah. <laughs> well, you said, you got that clip from, what is it, the Me Dolls or whatever that show was that I sent you over Twitter. Wait, what? Uh, I sent you that tweet. It was like top 10 clips that aged poorly and it was oh, like oh yeah 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 it was like the doll skit where harvey weinstein like walks in and the dolls were like who's that <laughs> he's one of the top producers in the land harvey weinstein uh, oh and then he like he's like hey there hey there pretty or something like that to oh one God. of the girls on set I mean, and then she was like oh great now she has a bigger reason to have a big head <laughs> i mean i think Whoops. like people knew about it though right because they knew about like how like just kind of slimy he was, but no one actually like really said anything until um, the Me Too movement. Oh yeah, it was absolutely unsaid, but it was totally. Um, and people like knew about it, and they like joked about it all the time. Yeah, like, haha, Harvey. Yeah, same thing with Bill Cosby and like uh, Hannibal Burris. Wait, Hannibal Burris was accused? Or no, Hannibal, Hannibal Burris, Burris like joke? made jokes about Bill Cosby all the time. Oh yeah, and then it came out, and he's like, "What I say?" <laughs> so what did I say? Hmm? <laughs> Hannibal Burris, your style and personality icon. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> You're literally just a carbon copy of him, just Asian. Yeah. <laughs> I also love New Orleans. No, I'm kidding. 
never been there. All right, so moving along then, since so it's not relatable, um, <laughs> we have um, we have the Broadway HD free trial coming out. Oh yeah, so like if you're watching, if you're like at home just chilling, there's a bunch of stuff that you can do other than listen to this podcast. You can watch Broadway shows on HD for free. Now, for are these Broadway while. shows live? Mm, no, they're streamed. I think, but I don't know if it's live streamed. Like they're pre-recorded. I think so. Them. I think so. That's horrible. You think so? Why? Yeah, well, because theater is uh, it's ephemeral. It doesn't live forever. Yeah, but remember when like everyone, said. remember when Hamilton came out and then like nobody could get a Hamilton ticket and then everyone was just like trying to pirate Hamilton streams or like uh, <laughs> Hamilton <laughs> video things? Yeah, Do I you remember, remember that? that. Yeah, so like I think it's like the same thing, right? I guess. Um, the other question I had was, I mean, everything's going on stream now and then that just makes everything easier to just snatch up and steal yeah that's what that's what i'm thinking as well especially film festivals that are like we're going to delete the films after mm-hmm. the film festival run mm-hmm. so that they don't ruin the premiere day yeah yeah what what does that have to like what's that what's going to happen when a distribution company wants to buy a film from a film festival and it's already been pirated and released everywhere because there's a big star attached and there's a lot of eyes mm-hmm yeah. So you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like, what? How are they going to make money off something that's already out? You can't sell someone mm-hmm. like a pirate of it. You can't sell someone Honey Boy after like we pirated. Yeah. It after like time. everyone's seen it already, like there's no point in being like, oh, yeah. but watch it in the theater. Yeah. When you get like a like R backslash like Sundance Pirates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not going to work. What do you think is going to happen with Tribeca? Um, I think it's going to get canceled. I think it has to honestly because New York City right now is like the big hotspot for the U.S. It has like almost forty thousand cases right now. I think the best thing to do in this situation is cancel the springtime Tribeca and do like a winter time one? and do like a winter Tribeca as a makeup, mm-hmm. and then you have you know and another then, so one. So like in the basically spring. two next year. You'd have two next year. Well, you'd have one in the fall, which would still be twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. If you could still get the space. Yeah. Um, and then also have one in the spring but i think that's a good model for other film festivals to do i mean i don't see why yeah. why would you have less film festival season you yeah. know what i mean yeah i mean the thing that we also talked about the other day was like the way that film festivals work is that you know they premiere and then like five months later there's a wide release so like just that amount of time between people seeing it people being hype about it and then like actually other people getting to watch it mm-hmm. i think that's such a like huge turnaround time that you know, movie, new movies come out and then you forget about those, like, ones that you're hype about. Like, Parasite, I remember, watch, like, hearing about it in October of last year and only... 2019. Uh, yeah, of 2019. And then or, only sorry, in... 2018. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. That was the theatrical run. And then... No, no, no. Wait, October 2019 was the theatrical one. October 2018 was when you heard it. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yep. So, so like, that's a full like a, year. Yeah, that's almost like a full year. So, which is wild to think about. And honestly, I think that that's one of the big negatives of the film industry is you're just going to lose interest over time with these films, Mm -hmm. especially when everything's so digital. You're getting the news right away. You're seeing reviews. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing people like on YouTube give reviews of Honey Boy like a year ago Mm -hmm. in like maybe March or whenever Sundance was last spring. I don't care anymore. Right. Like now there's a wide release and then you're like, but I already like, like there's other things that I'm hype about that are coming out sooner. Yeah. Speaking of film festivals, South by Southwest had their online film festival. How'd that go? Um, they did it. 
there's winners and everything, and there's a lot of like interesting films that came out, and a lot of news is like picking up on it. So it's kind of the same for like for from where we are as people who weren't a part of it. Mm-hmm. The kind of same, I guess, news coverage, PR kind of experience for South by Southwest, even though it was online. That's interesting. It's, it's definitely. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know how distribution is going to work on it. I'm curious to see what films get picked up out of South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. Were there any headliners that you noticed? Um. It's cool if not. Not really. Because, like, I don't know any of the films, <laughs> right? Yeah, and, yeah. And I think there is actually less, like, buzz about it because less people actually, like, looked it up and talked about it. But there were a couple that stood out to me. One of them was, like, about this Twitter feud. I don't remember what it was called. But um, it was, oh, like, a... Was it Elephant in the Room? It might be that one. Interesting. None of these are big names that I recognize. Yeah. Which I think is... Sort of South by Southwest cup of tea. Yeah, no, that's definitely what that is. Because it's not like a Sundance or a Cannes where you're like, oh, Tarantino. Oh, I like how they have an episodic pilot competition. I didn't oh, know that. Oh, that is interesting. That's really cool. So people can go and get their nef- their movies bought by Netflix. Mm-hmm. Texas high school shorts. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> Wish Upon a Snowman. Yeah, interesting. By a Japanese person. Oh, that sounds. They're like all it. Japanese. No, one, well, not all of them, but Sofia Bakwa. <laughs> no, Zeke French. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Japanese guy. Animation. The Orchard. That's cool. I kind of want to. Um, wow, a high school animator. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I actually do want to see some of these. Are they available online, or do you have to pay a premium? It looks like you can't really get tickets from, like. You can't watch the films that premiered there. You just still have to wait for like normal distribution. That's if so they get picked stupid. Up. Yeah, but it makes sense because that almost defeats the point of distribution. If you can watch this film one time on one weekend, yeah, like no one's gonna buy it. Yeah, exactly. You've already like ate up half the consumers. Yeah. Most people don't watch rewatch films, especially if it's no, definitely not. Yeah, I mean you have an eight, you have a couple of really cool movies heading south by southwest that probably already have some distribution plan. Mm-hmm. Or at least like some roadmap in place, specifically the headliners, no, yeah, like definitely. the Green Knight. Yeah, the Green Knight. The Green Knight came out. Everybody kind of freaked out. A twenty four movie directed by David Lowry. Yeah, the trailer came out. I remember yeah. watching it with you. That was like a pretty good trailer. Yeah, exactly. And also the King of Staten Island, directed by Judd Apatow, starring yeah, Pete big Davidson, name. Marissa Tomei, written by Marissa, uh, Judd Apatow and Pete Davidson. I mean, that's Steve Buscemi's in it. Bill Burr. <laughs> like it's like this is gonna get picked up. And yeah, Lovebirds. I saw that trailer last year with Issa Rae and Kumano. Yeah, Johnny. it's already like out there. Yeah, so these are these are movies that are going to make it, but I think the people that are going to be most affected are, you know, the narrative spotlight competition. <laughs> or like, yeah, the competitive part of the South by Southwest. Yeah, yeah, the people that aren't, like the not, you know, yeah, Christoph the, Waltz came to, what's it called <laughs> last year? It came uh, to Tribeca. Tribeca last year, but that wasn't, you know, he probably had a plan on the way out. <laughs> RZA, did you see that? What, RZA? RZA? RZA. <laughs> Oh, wait, RZA's? Oh, no way. He does some stuff. Yeah, he makes music sometimes. No, I meant like films. Yeah, no, he does. He directs yes. stuff. And he, or was it RZA or was it Jizza that acted in um, the okay, Jim wait. Jarmusch film? Who's Jizza? <laughs> <laughs> Do you not know anything about the Wu-Tang? Not really, no. It's okay. It's I just one, listen to their music sometimes. They're related. Oh, one's okay. RZA, one's Jizza. Are they like twins? No. Are they... Father and son? No. Are they cousins? I think they're cousins. Oh. Not entirely sure. That's like Dan- too Danny, similar Danny of a knows. name to be like 
Danny's like Danny's favorite. Is it Rizzo or, or Jizza? I think he's a Jizza guy. Yeah, he seems like a Jizza guy. <laughs> That's crazy. Big though. Jizza energy. I didn't know that. Um, have you seen the trailer for this for Cutthroat City? No, uh, I watched like a, a Rizza movie before that like Tarantino yeah. helped produce. It wasn't that good. Oh yikes! It's called like the Man with the Iron Gloves or whatever. It's just like kind of nonsense. Yeah, this one didn't look too good, but it has some big people in it. Denzel Whitaker. Mm-hmm. T.I.'s in it, our boy. Oh, my God. Yeah. T.I. Everybody's favorite. What was the What was the show? Uh, Rhythm and Flow. Rhythm and Flow. Yeah, everyone's favorite Rhythm and Flow judge, who also turned out to just, like, be a major creep on his daughter. <laughs> awesome, T.I. <laughs> um, yeah, we got that. And, uh, you know, Terrence Howard, Ethan Hawke, Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Pretty stacked film. Yeah. I mean, the the movie that I watched that he Director, made, screenwriter, Robert F. Kennedy III? Bro, I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have no idea. Freak power. <laughs> That's wild. Um, you know that guy? Uh, do you remember that movie that was going to come out right when Kevin Spacey was like, everyone was like, Kevin Spacey is a molester. No. It, it was called All the Money in the World, where they just cut Kevin Spacey out and put in Christopher Plummer. Dude, that's so funny. No, Do I don't remember, remember that? that, but... That movie was about this guy named Getty, and then his, his like... It was about how his grandson was kidnapped and whatever, but apparently one of his children, um, this, like, really famous, like, millionaire, billionaire, is a... made a film. <laughs> it was, like, a random film. Really? Yeah. His son. It's, like, some random 80s horror shtick. It's, like, really weird. About, like, <laughs> nightmares and dreams. Interesting. All right. Shifting gears, let's get into Tiger King, everybody's favorite Netflix special Yeah. this week. If you don't know about Tiger King, um, you've probably been living under a rock. Um, everybody's talking about it, and no one really seems to know why. Well, we don't know why. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting show, for sure. Yeah. Tiger King, it's about um, this man. What's his name? Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic. Out who in Oklahoma. Out of Oklahoma, owns a tiger farm called, is it GW? GW Zoo. Yeah. Yeah, he owns GW Zoo and uh essentially it's it's a docu-series documenting his journey through journey. Owning, I don't even know what it is. Owning a bunch like a shit ton of tigers. I think it's just backstory and, on this crime that happened. Yeah, it's backstories on like it's backstory in his life, his attempted he murder. like murder for hire. Mm-hmm. Um, that he placed on a woman in charge of like Carol something. Carol in something. In charge of animal rights, trying to like, yeah. Tiger, big cat animal rights in America out of Florida. She's like his arch nemesis. Yeah. She's also like, doesn't have any friends yeah. and wears a lot of tiger prints. Yeah. Turns out a big theme in this movie is like, no one has friends. Yeah. I was watching it just the first episode and I was like, these two are like, like the same thing. Like they're just complete opposites, but the same thing. Yeah. They're like, what could have happened? Yeah. Like, if you're presented with a tiger at a young age and you have no friends. Like, they're, like, <laughs> yeah. both sides of the same coin. Yeah, exactly. You could be Joe Exotic or Carol. Yeah. Carol, is she's in charge of that division. Joe, he has sort of a traumatic backstory where he grew up um, in a very homophobic environment as a gay mm-hmm. man and uh, tried killing himself. And then he moved to Florida. For his uh, therapy. For his therapy. Because he, he broke his back in yeah. the car accident. Yeah. Had to wear a brace for six years, moved to Florida, and uh, his neighbor owned a zoo. <laughs> his neighbor is Doc Antle, 
who is the other like big figure in uh, I guess tiger breeding? Yeah, call it that big so, cat breeding. Yeah, so Doc would bring the baby cubs home and like give them to Joe. Right, and then that's where he first got introduced. To, like, and that's animals. like the Joker backstory of Joe. <laughs> <laughs> he really is the Joker. He kind of is. But Carol yeah. is not Batman. <laughs> no, not at all. She's like a very like. Yeah. She just worries a lot. For yeah. good reason too. If you see Joe, Joe's got a lot of guns. Yeah, but they're both crazy. I mean. Carol, not so much, but, like, the people who are after Joe, like, PETA people, they look kind of insane, too. I think it's just a, like, what really happens is just, like, escalation, you know? Just, like, both sides don't know how to, like, talk (laughs) to each other like human beings, and so they just, like, bring in weapons and just, like, big PR demonstrations and threats and just hate each other for, like, no reason and just get so big. Do you have a favorite character from the show? Um, I like Joe. (laughs) <laughs> I do I like Joe do you? yeah I think like, he's an interesting character yeah why like, not even after they shot that mannequin <laughs> and they said that if anybody comes to my farm it will be another Waco yeah I like Joe <laughs> <laughs> we I, actually talked to a, um, a friend of mine mm-hmm. who's from Oklahoma and yeah. she said that she went to this farm zoo yeah, thingy yeah, yeah. on field trips as a kid it's like an hour away from her place hour and a half yeah hour and a half from her place and she held a baby tiger one time and fed another one meat on the on end a of stick. a stick yeah so like they gave her a, a long stick thank, thank god <laughs> with like a big piece of meat on it and then she just like stuck it into the like near the cage and then the tiger just jumps up onto the cage and grabs the meat and it's just like, thanks, bro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, crazy. And I thought that this was not going to be an accurate portrayal of it because it seems more like reality TV. Yeah. I didn't think this was going to be an accurate like, portrayal of Oklahoma or Tiger Breeders or Joe Exotic. Which part do you think was like Turns fake? out. Or like not as realistic? Not as realistic? Mm-hmm. First of all, 182 tigers is just unfathomable. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even count that high without wasting time. It's just like he went through like that's a spreadsheet number. Like you need yeah. you need spreadsheets after like fifty tigers <laughs> to like name them all to keep track of them. And you know he had to like learn Google spreadsheets because did you see the production of his show before yeah. um, before Rich Kirkman or Kirkham or whatever came in? Yeah, the producer from Fox or something. Uh, Inside News. Inside News. Inside Edition. Sorry. Inside Edition. Yeah, he came and started helping produce his daily show that only eighty people watch a night. Yeah, but then they got it bigger. So sick. So. They got it bigger. Hey, good for him. But, like, you know this guy didn't know Google spreadsheets. No. no. I don't know how he was keeping track of them all. I don't know either. Do you think he actually named them? I don't think so. I think they're just, he just loves tigers, and they're just, like, there. No, like, there's definitely some he hadn't seen in, like, years. Yeah. He's just like, oh, shit, I, like, oh this one. didn't know I had this, I like, that, an old t-shirt. I thought this one was that one. <laughs> but that one's that one and this one's wait which one's this one or you never know honestly like he could be that obsessive hmm. that he does know the names and background history well the background history is they were all born on the farm yeah I mean there's not a lot of background there's not a lot of background history did you remember the fact about um, how much money you can make off a baby tiger no do you remember it's like a hundred grand in the first 12 weeks as born between like oh yeah visits from- playtime photo ops yeah. Renting it and then you yeah. can sell it at the end of 12 weeks. Yeah. So like, I guess 12 weeks is like the, the break uh, point where it can like bite a finger off you and it's right, actually right, right, a dangerous right, animal. 
Yeah. But it's so cute up until then. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's cute after. It's just also dangerous. Turn, yeah. And the woman, Carol, the homie, was saying that like people would get these animals at 12 weeks, think they're super mm-hmm. cute. And then in like four months, it's like a 400 pound animal. <laughs> and then you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what's really funny is that um, there was a documentary that premiered at SIF that actually won that was very kind of similar to this. Instead of tigers, it was about pigs. And people love teacup, tea, are they called teacup pigs? Teacup yeah. pigs, yeah. Yeah, and then they would like buy the pigs and they would be like, oh my God, it's going to stay small forever. But you actually can't know how big the pig will grow until it like starts growing. No, yeah, there's a thing. So Dude, then they my just like- My stepsister bought a teacup pig one time. And then what? Like, is it just a huge pig now? No, she like brought it home and they were like, they told her this and they're like, you can't do that. And she's like, oh no, I thought it'd be this size forever. So they made, like my stepdad made her return it. <laughs> Sometimes they are, though. Sometimes they do stay that size, and that's, like, the ones that people want. But other times, like, they lie to you. Like, the people who are selling it to you, they don't know. Because, like, it's, like, a recessive gene, right? So sometimes it'll grow, like, to be, like, a 400-pound pig, and you just have a pig that you have to, like, feed and take care of now. And people don't know what to do with them, and so they give it to, like— Or they'll just say it's a teacup pig. (laughs) Yeah. And it was never a teacup pig to begin with. Exactly. Because, like, small pigs look like a small pig. (laughs) Like, what what are you going to (laughs) do? Yeah. It's a ticking time bomb. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know, man. This this whole documentary is pretty whack. What did you think about um, the production value? We're going to get into sort of the merits of why this thing blew up. In a few minutes, but like, mm-hmm. what, like, what did you think of the production value and how it told a story? Did you feel like it was more leaning on, you know, like shock value, hmm. um, or do you think it like actually the story had some merit to it? Um, that's kind of a tough question. I mean, one thing is that, that I wanted question to, is that was a tough question because I don't really know because uh, I I don't feel like I was that shocked by it. At the same time, I feel like it was it has some kind of like teeth to it, the story itself. It bites. Yeah. Like my hot. My um <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> no, my thing was that it seems to present both sides of the story like equally. Yeah. Where you can like side with Joe Exotic or you can side with Carol. And my question was I mean it obviously my question was to you, like who do you side with in this? No, that's a super fair point. I was actually thinking the same thing I was watching. It doesn't make a case out for either of them. Because mm-hmm. the they both episode. seem crazy. Yeah. Just for context, we've only watched the first episode of this because we wanted... <laughs> one, we wanted to test the virality of it. And mm-hmm. at the end, we're going to give our... We're going to give our seal of approval if we continue binging this or not. Continue yeah. binging. This is actually the first docu-series or show that we've reviewed, reviewed on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, true. we've only done movies. Fuck, we're escaping our brand. Oh, no. <laughs> This is our new producer's doing. Blame her if you don't like yeah, it. Yeah, she's not exactly good at quality control. <laughs> she's on this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it presents them both in a good light. The fact that they give Joe a very holistic backstory is honestly very fair to him. Mm-hmm. But you also see, like, the crazy part of him, like, blowing up a mannequin with dynamite. Yeah, I know. That's true. So it makes you very conflicted on how to feel about Joe. To be honest, I feel like, you know, a lot of the his past, is, it's like the viewer is now burdened with having to figure out, is his past... Legitimate? Not legitimate, but is it, like, bad enough that we excuse him for being kind of insane now? 
Mm. Like, do we understand how far he's gone from this because like such mm-hmm. bad things have happened to him or like, were they even that bad? Cause now that I'm looking back on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does it suck that he was like gay in like his in Oklahoma? Yeah. And his environment and like his, his dad is like, don't come to my funeral. Yeah. Made him shake his hand and stuff yeah. in front of him. And you know, that was traumatic and led him to eventually attempt to take his own life. Um, but does that, that excuse the violence and whatever? Does he, yeah, does that ex- the craziness that he has inside of him? The attempted murder later on, putting yeah. snakes in this woman's mailbox. Oh, word, yeah. Having so many guns, brainwashing people, mm-hmm. like keeping these tires in awful conditions. I love mm-hmm. how the film contrasts his farm with Doc's, like super mm-hmm. well. They juxtapose mm-hmm. it really well in terms of showing like Doc talking about how he spends ten thousand dollars on each tiger to feed them to feed them per year. And per then, day. No, it's not per day. It's per year. It was per year? $10,000 to feed a tiger per day? You fucking idiot. I thought it said per day. No, you said per year. Oh, okay. Anyway. Just cut that. <laughs> <laughs> not an idiot, I swear. <laughs> but yeah, I know. And then Amelie Joe is like, we work really hard to get our costs under three grand. Yeah. Showing them like cutting up a dead cow. Yeah. To all the cows that die and like feeding. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like these cows Local that farms. die, we just like feed them off to the thing. Yeah, we get waste. We feed them. Oh, disgusting. Yeah, the the quote was like, Doc Doc Ansel goes like, oh, we were not going to feed these animals things that we don't want to eat. Yeah. So it's like rare, like prime steak. Yeah, he's the sophisticated version of Joe. Joe's like a hick. He's like the unhinged version. Right, right, right. But but I I don't know. I don't really think that... It excuses it. It excuses it. And like, this is the first episode. It only gets worse from here. Probably. (laughs) The thing is that... um, uh, the thing with like the explosives and the shooting mannequins and whatever, I think that also has to do with even though it seems crazy to us, it also has to do with like their region and their culture of like guns. Because remember your friend from Oklahoma said that, you know, that's a pretty common thing that you can really just go into a gun store and they'll be like, Oh, do you want some explosives? Like as the same thing with like ketchup on the side. Like yeah, you just yeah, get yeah. it, right? Like you can just do whatever you want. And I think that's part of just where he grew up. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's definitely a byproduct of that. But at the same time, don't forget there's, like, other states' involvements in this where he, like, goes mm-hmm. to Florida, mm-hmm. which honestly, like, he went to Tampa, Florida, and that's where my my stepfamily who bought the pig is from. Mm-hmm. Let's be yeah. real here. <laughs> seems, seems to be in the culture. Yeah. <laughs> um, but a lot of people down there have guns. Mm-hmm. Um it's an open, is Florida? I think Florida is an open carry state. Probably. That makes sense for that state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's open, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So honestly, though, I think it does have a lot of merits. As a show, it presents both sides pretty equally. You don't mm-hmm. hate Joe right away. No. To be honest, you don't even know if Carol's completely sane. She seems crazy. Like, what yeah. kind of, she, like the whole thing with the cat print where everything's cat print. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, she's it's more, it's more, more like she's like sweet crazy. Like, oh, like she likes cats. Yeah. She likes big cats. She likes tiger print. Look the, she wears it to the, work. The thing is that I don't know where I stand with this whole, they're like ideologies, right? Where Carol's whole thing is like, don't like take tigers out of the wild. Don't like breed them. Yeah. Don't take photos with them. Don't talk about them. Like don't show them to anybody kind of thing where like you shouldn't own them. Whereas like I kind of understand where like Doc Antle's kind of point of view is like this is about education, right? This is about like breeding is important to like have these tigers come back because they are endangered 
That's like kind of what you have to do. But Doc Antle says that while he's also making so much money. Right, exactly. Doing like, this. Like there's there's pros and cons to like everything that they're doing, which is kind of where the gray area comes in because at the same time you understand that like Doc Antle isn't only just like doing it for the good. He's also like profiting immensely from it. But I mean like he has a point, right? Do you think so or not? He has a point, but I mean... Is it worth it? Is it... Not only is it worth it, it's just like... Is it like ethically, morally correct? Yeah, is it ethically or morally correct? I think Doc Antle saying that he needs these tigers for education is totally serving... It's totally self-serving. You know what I mean? Because if he's not saying this, then he sort of has no argument for keeping them there other than Mm -hmm. like... He thinks it's a fun hobby and it makes him a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He thinks it's like a fun job to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he's saying it's for education, he can claim that it's for the public good. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes it, it's like a euphemism essentially for holding a bunch of tigers and showing them to kids for $665 <laughs> yeah. or more, depending on how many people are at the park that day. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. fucked. Yeah. Like the whole tour thing. Yeah. The whole tour thing's whack. Um, but yeah, anyways, I mean, uh, we think this movie, I mean, this, uh, we think this docuseries is pretty good. I, I don't know if I would continue watching it really? just yet. I don't know if I've made my mind up. Maybe at the end, mm-hmm. by the end, I'll figure it out. But, um, I do think that the reason that a lot of people are talking about it doesn't exactly have to do with the fact that it's that compelling. I agree. I mean, just watching it, I feel like it doesn't stand out as something that really captures my attention. Like, um, I don't know. And I think this movie definitely fits in with a new category of documentary that we're seeing these days. Mm-hmm. If you th- and that's the viral documentary. So if you look at documentaries such as Firefest, mm-hmm. you know, there's one on Hulu, one on Netflix, and yeah. then there's also Making a Murderer, which came out a few years prior. Yeah. I mean, those are, those were super popular. Making a Murderer kind of came out, I guess, around the time that Netflix was making Netflix originals, mm-hmm. uh, or it began. I think it was like the first couple years. Um, but. This is now coming at an interesting time where we're all in quarantine and we're all doing social distancing all inside. And we have nothing else to do. But watch Netflix. Yeah. I've seen a ton of memes that are just like, I finished Netflix. Someone give me recommendations to watch. Yeah. So so there's an opportunity here for Netflix to be able to manipulate what we're seeing transition into Netflix is a bunch of shady fucks. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) No, 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 no. That's not what we're saying. That's what I think. I'm, I'm you probably going to make a point. You think that they're a bunch of shady fucks? In what way? Okay, so just to give you a little bit of backstory, um, we did a little bit of research. Uh-huh. And uh, just looking up in terms of what people are watching on Netflix, how they're getting that content. Netflix back in August um, switched from total, um, total AI curation to mm-hmm. uh, partial human curation. And that was in the form they were testing it on their apps, on uh, the Netflix mobile um, for your iPad, iPhone, mm-hmm. in your case, Android, Franklin. No, actually, it's only on the iPhone. Is it only on the iPhone? It's only on iOS. Good. That's where they're, fuck you. That's where they're, like, <laughs> testing it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's where they're testing it. They'd have different categories, like hidden gems, or, you know, categories where it would be, like, movies with strong female leads in action yeah. movies, yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and that was in efforts because they have, essentially, there was a good quote from an article we read on Medium, um, from Josephina Blotman. This is UX Planet. This is UX Planet? Oh, it look, no, it's from Medium on UX Planet. Oh. They okay. have their own website. Um, from Josephina Blotman. 
Um, talking about, you know, Netflix, they have so much content on their website. They can't present it to you all at once. There's a need to curate it. Right. So this isn't coming out of like a self-serving thing. This is necessary. 80% of the content that people are choosing on Netflix comes from their recommendations. Mm-hmm. So people aren't like searching out new content, really. Or at least the majority of people aren't. Well, I think that's what's new. I think this just came out last month is the top 10 thing that they're doing in Netflix now, where if you go down the screen, like in the middle, there's like the top 10 in the U.S. today. Yeah, or whatever country you're in. Yeah, and that's um, Tiger King's number one. And we were just looking at this. Like there's nine out of the 10 are Netflix originals. Yeah. <laughs> which is really crazy. Yeah. And I mean, how do they go on there? People watch them and stuff. People are watching them through their recommendations. So that right. that brings up the question. Is Netflix pushing their own originals more than any other show that they have on their, sh- on their service? Yeah, or are people just watching Netflix originals? You, we know you're not watching Netflix originals. I'm trying not to. <laughs> yeah, but if we look on my feed, if you look in the top different categories, top picks for Nick, comedies, new releases, etc., at least three, like anywhere from two to like the top three. I mean, anywhere from like two to like f- all five in the like six previews that you can see in each row. Yeah. Are all Netflix originals. Yeah. So I'm getting pumped with Netflix originals left and right. Right. I think like that's like two ends of the spectrum, right? Like yeah. where I like kind of try to avoid them and then you go for them. So I think that's why yours is so full of them and mine aren't. That could be very true. But at the same time, if you go to the Netflix originals tab, also mm-hmm. don't forget, I think you should leave is the best Netflix original <laughs> of all time. Thanks for getting that. But if you look at the Netflix Originals roster, it runs deep. Also, Arrested Development did not know that's a Netflix original. It's not because uh, the first couple seasons were, but then the last season was. So it's the same thing as the Great British Baking Show. Right, so they just put the N on there because yeah. they produced one season. Okay, that makes sense. But, I mean, you yeah. you got to kind of like look at this um, and see like how many prolific shows really are Netflix Originals. Right, How like how prolific um netflix is in terms of its production because everything from like arrested, arrested development, development to queer eye to the yeah, straight guy to like a Love bunch of blind, shows bojack yeah. horseman they're all just netflix has stuff in it and what's interesting is if you go on like the netflix um page there's a video there where they talk about how their machine learning algorithm actually kind of helps them decide what to produce or not. And it didn't really specifically say how it decides or like how like what it decides to produce and what are the elements that like they look at. But I think that's interesting that AI right now is kind of or machine learning is kind of like helping us decide what content we should create and thus like consume and like I mean Do you think that that's where the future of filmmaking should be though that people should be kind of curating their their product to the platforms. I think that I, I don't think, like that. I, I personally don't like it. Well, maybe not curate the product from the platform, but um like the same way that TV shows are reverse engineering to like suit the platform that films would also do that and is that something that we want? Well, that's nothing new. TV shows have always have always known what audiences what their audiences are going to like. That's why they choose to produce certain projects and why they don't pursue others. Mm-hmm. AMC knows that Breaking Bad's probably going to do like good on their network mm-hmm. because I don't know. Is, isn't AMC like cowboy television? I actually don't know what AMC's deal is. Yeah, I don't know what they do either. But like, I mean, Fox knows or like uh, Fox or like ABC mm-hmm. or TBS know they can produce like a sitcom, mm-hmm. and it works well because that's what like Middle America wants. Yeah. It's like a funny yeah. 
casual sitcom yeah. that they can tune in with like reliable characters because that's what they wanted for like 50 years. Yeah. But like people on YouTube, like we just watched that David Dobrik breakdown. Yeah. Why David Dobrik laughs so much by Colin and Samir. Uh-huh. Really cool guys. Check them out. Yeah. Hopefully friends of the pod. Hopefully friends of the pod. Um, talking about how David Dobrik's four minute and 20 second <laughs> vlog <laughs> episodes are, are, are very similar to sitcoms. They take the similar structure, last structure. I mean, having like the laugh track. track. Laugh track and also like reoccurring characters that also have their own subplots. Celebrity cameos. Celebrity cameos. All like big things, but they're more digestible and tailored to the internet age. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like they thrive on the platform because honestly, four minutes and 20 seconds, bro, four minutes and 30 seconds, low-key not that terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever noticed the difference between sending someone a video or like something that's... I I think about it with trailers all the time, especially for stuff that I'm editing for this documentary of Victor. Yeah. We were talking about what we wanted the length for the trailer to be. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I was like, oh, we'll do it 59 seconds or like a minute because that's the cap limit on like yeah. an Instagram post. Yeah. And he's like, dude, 52 seconds. Because 53 seconds, kind of an investment. <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> and this is a dude that's like three years younger than us. Uh-huh. I mean, I think he has at least, I think he has a better idea of where yeah, he has new media is going because, you know, he grew up with it entirely i mean you and i got it when we were like 10 or 12 right i mean yeah he got it when he was like Like, i remember watching spider-man he never Uh, watched spider-man yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) so it's different um different target demographics now have different platforms that they're gonna watch Mm -hmm. which i guess has kind of always been the case but in terms of general television that probably wasn't the case like 30 40 years ago when you had like i don't know x number of channels that were in the double digits now you have them in the triple digits. You have cable TV, premium mm-hmm. t- like network television, and then you also have like streaming services right. and YouTube. And also, if you like, even go in that YouTube new media umbrella, Vine, TikTok, Instagram. Yeah, well, Vine's dead. Or, yeah, you used to have Vine. Musically, no, musically, <laughs> Twitter. You have a bunch Twitch. of different things. People, Twitch. People still. I mean, Twitch is long form content. Hmm. But like, you can casually check in and out of Twitch. That's true. When Ninja goes on stream. You're not missing, like, you can sit down and watch a game or you can watch his whole live stream. Yeah. So it's all these different forms of media content and it's different ways of holding your attention. Yeah, you're not, like, sitting there and, like, <gasps> yeah, like yeah. watching it. Like, there's nothing to really engage on in yeah. a live stream. But I guess what I'm trying to say with that whole point of, you know, market segmentation is nothing new for podcast. films to re-engineer. Yeah, podcast. You're probably not listening right now. Uh, probably on the treadmill, <laughs> mom. <laughs> how, how you doing, Miss Buzan? <laughs> Damn, you just dox the fuck out of me. Oh, sorry. Fuck. Cut it. Who's cut that? it. Just cut it. I don't know. Or. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. We, okay, so final verdict. Would you... Continue watching this? Would you continue watching this series? Um, You know, honestly, could live without it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't really care. I think yeah. it's interesting. I think that since a lot of people are talking about it, it could be interesting to be like, to know what they're talking about. Because like, I am kind of interested in how he like seduced all these guys and why he has multiple husbands yeah because right now in the first episode he just has the one and i'm like where, where who are the other ones and i'm kind of curious about that um do you where, feel like you would be more apt to binge this series than you would be to like watch this piecemeal like maybe once one this morning one last night one like sunday night or honestly something like that? i think i would get more out of it watching a piecemeal you think so because of how repetitive it is but are you more apt to do it 
Because for me, no. yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think I'm gonna like. Ever I would pick enjoy it more that way, but I'm not gonna be like, oh, time for a Tiger King episode. Yeah, <laughs> three or four hours ago, when I watched the first episode, mm-hmm. I felt a strong urge to watch episode two. While mm-hmm. I was waiting for you to come over here, mm-hmm. but now that we're finished talking about it, like, there's not really a need. Like, you're not missing anything. I don't right? care anymore. Yeah, I don't want this in my life because you know how it ends. He goes to jail. <laughs> And, like, all this, like, stuff in between, it's not... And I already read the TMZ report that he's, like, filing a lawsuit. Yeah. For, like, reparations That's interesting, too, is how when something gets popular and it's based on, like, a real event, people don't really care about spoilers. They really don't. They just kind of want to see what happens. Mm -hmm. Which is, like, reality TV. Mm. Um, All right. So... So, yeah, in sum, that's it. Uh, Franklin, uh, let's transition into what we're watching this week that isn't Tiger King. Do you watch anything? Anything fun? Yeah, I've only been watching exclusively big cat films, so (laughs) (laughs) in preparation, because I didn't just want to go into, like, something called Tiger King. He's, like, the king of all tigers, so I have to start slow. Mm -hmm. So Life of Pi, (laughs) Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. What what fucking other cat Garfield? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, nice. I don't know what what other fucking cat movies are there. Um, what's the that Kevin Spacey with Nine Lives? Oh God, (laughs) cats, cats. Oh my God. Oh, did you know? I saw this article where it was like originally the cast had um buttholes. Yeah, so there's a version of the film with buttholes. Uh, yeah, where the cats had buttholes, <laughs> and then they were like, "No, let's not do that." And then they got it out, and now like people like want to watch the one with the buttholes, just to, like be like, "What the fuck? Why?" <laughs> I kind of want that. Yeah, because you know, be there's funnier. a butthole joke. <laughs> oh, you think so? There's that's definitely a butthole that didn't joke. land in the theater, and the people were just like, "Why?" I don't think it landed in and the now, cut room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that those joke landed anywhere. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I I haven't been watching any cat movies this week. I honestly I tried watching two different Wes Anderson movies because I'm trying to escape from out of my room. Mm-hmm. And I think Wes Anderson movies are good for escapism. Oh, by the way, when you said you were going outside, you meant metaphorically. You are not going outside. I was not going outside. Outside is bad. Just kidding. I I go on runs, but I stay six feet apart from people. Yeah, don't. Yeah, I'm an avid runner these days. Yeah, <laughs> in gloves. In gloves. <laughs> Like the kid we passed by yesterday yeah. with the gas mask. Yeah. Safe. He's safe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I watched Life Aquatic, partially watched Life Aquatic. Mm-hmm. There's a berry stain in the middle of Life Aquatic. So couldn't finish it. What do you mean berry stain? Oh, because you got you just spilled on. Got berries spilled on me. So we had to do laundry in the middle yeah. of it. So we cut that short. Honestly, didn't really feel like going back to it. Yeah. Which on? Like, I mean, if I watch Life Aquatic in the movie theater, bring back an earlier point, I'm staying, mm. you know, like 20 years ago. Yeah. I was yeah. Three. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> you would not like that movie at three <laughs> or seven. Yeah. It wouldn't even be funny. No. I, I, no one who's like not into filmmaking likes Life Aquatic. I'm pretty sure. It's just an inside joke for filmmakers. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. What's the other one that you watched? <laughs> the and better then, one. And then I watched Isle of Dogs, which I love. Mm. Isle of Dogs is great. I, um, I haven't seen that one. Dude, there's this one dog. There's just such a funny reoccurring joke in it. There's this dog, Oracle. Uh-huh. And like she's supposed to be like the dog you go to to get yeah, all yeah. your information. Is she blind? No. Oh. She's not, but she's kind of crazy and she's a little pug. She's so <laughs> cute. But the but it's really funny because everybody's like, Oracle knows like all the dogs are going to get killed on the island. They're like, Oracle, how you know? And they're like, 
she saw it in her visions. And then like you come to find out later that she's the only dog that knows how to watch TV. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's really funny. So she like looks at the guards on the island yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like <laughs> the executive order. I love her. That was my favorite character. That and um, the, who is it? Um, Jason Schwartzman character, I think it was. Mm. There's like one of the dogs. He's in that meme I sent you. He's like, <laughs> is, is like, it worth it? Is it worth it? <laughs> Before, let's just see. Is it worth it? It's worth it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the that's what I've been watching this week. Watching a lot of like YouTube, honestly. Um, as always, yeah. Cody Co. Classics. Um, oh, I watched The Handmaiden the other day. What's that have to do with not, YouTube? Not the hand. No, I'm just telling telling what I'm watching. Thanks. Fuck. Good segue. Jerk. Fine, talk about YouTube. <laughs> Great stuff on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been watching David Dobrik? Um, are you subscribed? Are you one of his millions of subscribers? I'm not subscribed. I do know people that are that do love him though. Yeah, one I'm of my friends. One of my friends like bought his disposable camera, which I think is kind of a funny merch <laughs> to like people just bought like a Kodak rebranded he's, he's film selling, camera from him. He's selling Kodaks like. Yeah, David's disposable is like it's like one of his things. That's he has a disposable funny. camera Instagram. That's a smart merchandising thing. Super smart. Yeah. Um, and he's literally selling like upcharged disposable. Someone's rolling down the hill right now. It's fucking gross. That's disgusting. In like white clothes. Even without a quarantine, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I know. It's so stupid. Um but yeah, that's kind of all I've been watching this week. I really ha I've been trying to like do less screen time. Mm. Really, which actually is kind of wild. In in quarantine, I've had my screen time has dropped by like sixty percent, seventy percent. Really, what have you been doing? A lot of running, a lot of running, skating, going outside. Um, hey, you know, staying active is good for the immune system. Yeah, so maybe not that bad. Honestly, it's super nice, and just kind of hanging. Yeah, hanging with peeps, facetiming people. Yeah, which is still screen time. But it doesn't feel like it because you're like talking to other people. Yeah, and you can yeah. look away. Yeah, you don't have to look at them. Yeah, do you don't have to look at people in the eyes when you talk yeah, to them? Why would you want to? Exactly. Um, Podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's about all we got this week, I think, right? Yeah. Oh, I watched The Handmaiden. You fuck. <sighs> it's good. It's a good film. <laughs> Word, man. What was it about? I've never even heard of it. You haven't heard of it? It's not no. The Handmaid's Tale at all. It was a South Korean film that came out a couple years ago before Parasite was, like, huge. And it's basically, it's like a thriller by Park Chan-wook. Oh, okay. Park Chan, oh, my God, I'm, like, butchering his fucking name. Whatever. He made, um, he's a director for Old Boy. Yeah. It's kind of like an erotic thriller. Oh, interesting. Lesbian erotic thriller. Yeah. Hmm. It kind of, I, I would say maybe, like, it's, it started, like, I don't know if it started the wave, but it's kind of ahead of the wave of, like, the favorite or, like, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. These like lesbian thriller kind of things. Interesting. Yeah. Word, man. I, I hate you. I on my phone <laughs> that whole time. <laughs> was that an important text? No, it was my emails. I was oh, looking at clothes. Oh, oh that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you like clothes? Um, all right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Till next week. We'll see you later. Stay safe. Stay, stay safe. Wash your hands. Stay happy. Stay happy. Go outside, dude. Go outside. Well, don't all it. go outside at once. Yeah, like, don't all like <sighs> it's intermittently. When to like go outside? Whether it's worth it. Bracket or not, it out. 
sunshine's good for you, but then... Yeah, like, don't do what these people are doing outside of my window right now. And they're, like, all six of them huddled on one blanket on the slope, enjoying the sun. Like, just, like, get your own blanket. You know what I mean? (laughs) Go on a walk, but don't maintain six feet of distance between you and your friend. Exactly. Or just go on a walk alone. That's true. Take yourself out on dates. Treat yourself. (laughs) Spend time alone. Listen to some podcasts while you go for a walk. Self-serving. All right. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. (laughs) You have just finished listening to Snubbed.